amazing. But the Lord Himself is generous. And He lives in us. And so, uh, we want to have that same heart, you know, to serve and bless people. We want to have that on Sunday morning too. And that we're... We're adding to our mindset on Sunday morning that we, yeah, we're here to meet with the Lord. It's been beautiful this morning. And then uh, we're here to meet with each other. We had a little greeting time there. And uh, I'm sure out in the foyer and all that. But we also want to, we want to bless those, serve those with intentionality who come to Grace Church on Sunday morning. We want them to know, hey, we see you. We care about you, and how about uh, people who come to want to know the Jesus that we know? Uh, I think we can all agree the Lord's given us a special message here about intimacy and relationship with Jesus by the Spirit, and that's that's a message that needs not only to get out, but it needs to be demonstrated. And uh, our love for one another and our love for people I believe, according to Jesus Christ, is the greatest indisputable evidence that we're His. I'm going to say it again. Our love for one another. Remember He said, by this, all men will know that you're my my disciples, that you follow me and you walk with me because of your genuine love for one another. So I think it's our love for one another. I think it's our love for the lost. Of course, our love for the Lord. There's really no greater maturity than that measure of love. Love for Him, love for one another, and, and love for others uh, is the greatest indisputable evidence that we belong to Him. And uh, our lives should match our message. Our Sunday morning culture should match our message. Because we can all, I can get up here and say, you know, how much God loves us. We all say, amen, go home and never walk it out. But that wouldn't be any good now, would it? So we want to we want to be the message that God so loved the world. Jesus didn't come to preach the message of John 3:16. Jesus was John 3:16 walking around. He was the message that God so loved the world. I mean, think about the incredible love that we're talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19 says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing. That's an accounting term not imputing our trespasses against us. So in other words, He did not charge all the sins we've committed to our account. Whose account did He charge them to? Jesus. And so Jesus became sin without ever committing one. You became righteous and clean and close to God without doing one righteous deed. But... If you've ever wondered, where was God that day that Jesus Christ was being crucified? Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says God was in Christ. He was there at Golgotha in His Son, reconciling you to Himself. And the beautiful part is, who else was in Christ that day He was being crucified? We were. So you met your Heavenly Father in Christ that day at the cross. That's where you met Him. I'm t- I got... Goosebumps all over, man. You were in Christ that day. God the Father was in Christ that day. We were joined together. Uh, made one in Christ that day. Because he, he didn't just cleanse you to leave you empty. He cleansed you to fill you with the Spirit of the living God. 
and give you that divine connection. Wow, Father, thank you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've allowed us to see. Now, Lord, we want to be doers and manifestors of your word. We don't want to just be hearers. We want to exemplify your love. We want to exemplify your kindness. Romans 2, 4, it's the kindness of God that leads a man to repentance. We're not giving turkey dinners away. We're giving the love of God away. And it just comes through different vehicles and vessels. But we thank you for those opportunities. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about being a counterculture to the world and just being different than how the world is. I'll give you the last three because we're almost finished with this series. You may be shocked. (laughs) And uh, I think we'll probably get into the true you. Uh, I haven't taught that since 2011. I think that may be where we head next, but we'll do whatever he says. Be unashamed of the gospel and its power. Number nine, be anchored and grounded in truth. And number 10, this is the last one. Remember, we had prayed and said, Lord, how do we establish a counterculture? How are we atmospherically and personally and in our heart and attitude? How are we different than the culture around us? You know, where everything's, there's so much fussing and fighting and strife and all that. So these are the 10 things he gave us. Number 10, he said, you've got to commit yourself to spiritual family for spiritual growth and support. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. So don't think for a minute you don't need anybody. Well, all I need is God. Well, I beg to differ. Scripture doesn't teach that. We need one another. James 5.16, confess your trespasses to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, that's a powerful truth right there. Where, where are we going with this? That healing just doesn't happen in isolation, guys. Healing happens among spiritual family. Luke 5, 19, And when they couldn't find how they might bring their buddy in to, to be with Jesus, because of the crowd, they just couldn't get through. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst and, and basically set him right at Jesus' feet. Now, these are good friends. <laughs> this guy, can't, he can't walk. They picked him up and carried him. And when they couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. I don't know how they got him up there. Maybe one, two, three. And hold on, buddy. We'll be up there in a second. But then they lowered him down and put him right at the feet of Jesus. These are friends. See, real friends take their friends to Jesus. I'm going to say that again because there's an evangelistic tone to that too. Real friends take their friends to Jesus. you got to get them to Jesus. I know you probably think you're a great counselor. And uh, amen to that. I'm glad you're a good encourager. But ultimately they need Him. And yes, they can hear truth from you and through you. They can even hear Him through you. That's true. But they need a personal word from Him. They need to get connected to the vine themselves. Amen, somebody. Spiritual family, what is it? Well, it's an experience more than it's a definition. Spiritual family is something you experience in this life. You experience spiritual family. 
Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 49, Behold, my brothers and my sisters, those who do the will of the Father. Now, he's not saying, you know, trash your natural family and, you know, you need to lead and you need to serve and you need to love your family well in the natural. Amen. All right. But also he's saying, hey, there's spiritual family that brothers and sisters, right? Dottie in the body of Christ. This family that I have because of my union with Christ, I have union with others. Spiritual family represents a small group of people who are committed and intentional about growing each other in Christ. Spiritual family represents a small group of people who are committed and intentional about growing each other in Christ. I've got some uh, guys that I walk with on Sunday night, and uh, he probably doesn't remember it, but I was visiting with Brother Don Wheeler about a month ago, and he just said, I love Sunday nights. I love Sunday nights. Close fellowship of believers, in this case men, walking together, growing each other intentionally in Christ. It's an open environment where we can share and be honest. Nobody's got any stones to throw. Amen. But he said, I love that we can get together outside of Sunday morning. Sunday morning isn't the end game. Getting to know Christ is the end game. And getting to know one another in Him is the end game. But it's hard to get to know one another if we don't spend any time with one another. (laughs) That's why I like the ministry of one anothering. It's hard for us to get to know each other real well in here because the pews are all facing this way. So you got to get in a group outside of here where the chairs are facing each other. I said a whole lot right there. Now, I'm not here to bash Sunday morning because there are people out there who's like, yeah, Sunday morning, it's totally pagan, it's wrong. No, wrong. Pulpit is in Scripture. It's in the book of Ezra. In the book of Acts, the church met from uh, house to house. That is true. But they also met at the temple daily. Okay, so this the idea that large gatherings are somehow negative or shouldn't be in play, I totally disagree with. I think it's the power of and. Let's meet together, even though the chairs are facing one direction, but let's also meet together where the chairs are all facing each other. Let's do both. That's what they did in the book of Acts, and that seemed to work pretty well because they turned the world upside down. So we want to know each other, experience one another, uh, growing each other in Christ. And I've mentioned it before. It's up with the Father. It's in with one another. It's out to new people and families. The end game is we're going to minister to the Lord, we're going to minister to the lost, and we're going to minister to one another because we're priests in the kingdom of God. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. If you think I'm the only one who is bringing a message on Sunday morning to other people, you're you're mistaken. We're all bringing a message. We're all carrying the message before the message. And so proud of Patty. You know, Patty was talking about this on Thanksgiving Day, that it really is the message before the message. It's just everything that we do is communicating who we think he is. Everything we do. And so Sunday morning, we can't be lazy and think, well, I'm just here to punch my card or I'm going to go in, I'm going to raise my hand a few times. Bless you, Lord. And then time for lunch. 
We can't be lazy. We're not lazy at the Thanksgiving outreach. We're not lazy prepping for the 4th of July outreach. We're not lazy for the back to school uh, outreaches. We come with a heart and a mind of intentionality to serve and to care for those that the Lord puts across our path. And I'm telling you, if people in Choctaw are brave enough to get up, it's not easy trying a new church. But if they're brave enough to come, man, we, we want to lay out the red carpet for them in the love of Christ. And, and that red carpet is stained blood with the, lo- the, the love of Jesus Christ. Put his love on display. I, I feel your heart and I think you're tracking with me. Um, so if it's ministry of the Lord, ministry of the lost, and ministry to each other, how do, what does that look like? Well, we've got some good things. I love the men's prayer breakfast. Now, they are getting together this Saturday at Golden Corral in Midwest City. We also have prayer shields. So I don't know how I'll work that yet. But they are getting together. The women are doing a women's prayer breakfast in January. Equal rights. <laughs> but seriously, some ladies in the church got tired of hearing all the, the stories about the men's prayer breakfast and what God is doing. And so they're going to get together. That's how, that's a way we get to know each other. Donna Wheeler on December 11th is doing this cookie, uh, cookie exchange where the, you bring three dozen cookies uh, your favorite one, ladies, that you, and it's for, if it's for women, and, uh, your favorite one to, to bake or to eat, and then you bring them all, they lay them out, and you get to take three dozen home of everybody else's. You know, you get to kind of pick and choose. But the cookies is just a means to an end. The reason for it is to connect. Let's get to know each other. I was, uh, mentioning my Sunday night group with the men we invited the wives all to come this past sunday to come and hang out with us and man the food was way better this week (laughs) it wasn't even close (laughs) we had a smorgasbord of instead of pizza so that was a win but you know stacy prepped the house i mean she bought a, a bunch of new stuff and it'll cost you to intentionally pour into people you got to lay your life down right we could be doing other things she could be doing other things but i just uh kudos to her for her heart to be creative and to serve but we brought the the wives in and it was amazing they're like wow you know i got to know so many ladies i didn't know before that's the gospel that's part of this journey we're on we're, we're set out to know him but we want to know each other as well so it happens through sunday nights it happens through men's and women's breakfast. It happens through going to lunch together. You can be intentional with a coworker uh, in the way of Christ and just inviting them to lunch. Discipling comes in many forms and fashions. What was it, Don, you told me the other day, you likened it to something that comes with a variety. Was it cars, dogs? Do you remember? Yeah, and there's... Oh, right, like only the black and tan wiener dog, that's the only dog. No, there's all kinds of dogs. And (laughs) what we're trying to capture in this culture of discipling is intentionally investing in people, looking for opportunities. 
Maybe it is a Sunday night. Maybe it's a discovery group. Maybe it's over at Gladys's on Wednesdays with some of the ladies. Maybe it's going to lunch with somebody and pouring Christ into them and getting to know them. Uh, prayer shield. I mentioned discovery groups and then Sunday morning. So it takes all that. It's the only way we can turn a room full of spectators and strangers looking at a minister into a room full of ministers who are looking at Jesus. I'm going to say that again. It's all these things that allow us to take a room full of spectators, strangers looking at a minister into a room full of ministers who are looking at Jesus. And that every single day of your life, you're looking unto him, you're being sourced by him, and you're available to be used by him. Because in the new covenant, if you're born again, you're a king and a priest in the kingdom of God. So you're responsible for three ministries. Ministry to the Lord first and foremost, right? Going out here and doing stuff for Him without knowing Him is idolatry. Don't get caught into that. So ministry of the Lord, your intimacy with Him is first. But ministry to the lost, ministry to one another in the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 uh, talks a lot about how we can build one another up and minister to one another. Every part doing its share causes growth in the body. For the building up of itself in love. Uh, Galatians 6.10. Do good to everybody, but especially to those of the household of faith. So we're going to love the lost. We're going to love the Lord, but we're going to love each other well. That's what we're talking about this morning in the way of one anothering and spiritual family. I'm going to say again, our love for each other, the love that we walk in is the greatest indisputable evidence that we're Christ followers. And uh, so we want to be, be about that. Uh, I mentioned healing does not happen much in isolation. Sometimes it takes great love from people, Luke 5.19, before people can find great healing from God. If they didn't love Him so well, I don't know that He'd have got healed. Come on, amen. I, I know you think God's just going to sovereignly do everything. He doesn't work that way. He's partnering with us. We have the earth suit on. So we've been given dominion in this realm. Now we've got that spirit-to-spirit connection that He gifted us uh, through His Son, Jesus Christ, who lives in us now. But it's a partnership. They were, they were the hands and feet that got Him to Jesus. Sometimes, many times, people need great love from human beings before they'll ever find great healing from God. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Make it plain, Holy Ghost. Make it plain. Healing is a byproduct of spiritual family. When we love each other, when we pray for each other, when we bear one another's burdens, healing happens. It's a byproduct. I want you to begin to learn the names. How many of you typically sit in the same spot? Raise your hand. We're creatures of habit. It's true. How many of you ever told somebody, hey, that's my seat? (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Say, I am so glad you found a great place to sit. Do you have any questions? How about this? Would you like to go to lunch today? Talk about Jesus. All right, so... Many hands were raised on I typically sit in the same area. 
<clears throat> Here's your assignment. Learn the names and phone numbers of those in your section. All right. You, Gladys, you already gone to work on it. Good. So Kyle, Gladys, Pat, Cindy, Sherry. Get the, get the, get to know the people around you, their names and phone numbers. So you can check on them. Get to know them. You may notice if they're not here. Now that doesn't mean church police. <laughs> church can't save anybody. <laughs> So it's not church police. It's more like, hey, Jaretta, I hadn't seen you in a couple of weeks. And so I, I got her phone number um, from one of our Sundays together. I just want to check on you. Are you okay? Is everything going okay? Is there any way I can help you? <laughs> it's not. Where have you been? You're going to split hell wide open. You missed two Sunday mornings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and hey, that's a it's a good place to be. Don't if you've got somebody really that knows you in your section and loves you enough to check on you, man, don't be offended by that. Be thank you so much. Here's yeah, you know, here's what I have need of. Maybe my my daughter has been ill. Uh we're we're short of rent money. I had to work extra. You know, let's get let's get to know each other. Put away pride. It is confessing, isn't it? It's being honest, open, vulnerable. H-O-V, right there. Honest, open, and vulnerable with one another. And you may say, Brother Steve, <clears throat> am I my brother's keeper? What's the answer? Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> That's true. You are. So I expect everybody by next week to have little, phone, little notepads for names and cell phone numbers. You think I'm kidding. I'm not joking. Okay, yeah. Or I was going to say, or you can put it in your phone. <laughs> I have a little notebook, but... Um, you are your brother's keeper. Now listen to me closely, though. You're not responsible for them. But you are responsible to them. You are your brother's keeper. So if you happen to notice that your good friend who hadn't been there in a couple of weeks isn't there, then you can be responsible to them. You're not responsible for them. You don't have to guilt them about anything. Simply say, look, guys, I think we're far enough along in this journey. Uh, we want to do good for people for their own good. This is not about, hey, you missed church and we're trying to reach, you know, 400. <laughs> did, I, did I do that already? Okay. Uh, Romans 15, 1 and 2 says that the mature are easily recognizable, that they, they exhort, they encourage, they help bring people to maturity and do good things for that person's good. So, as I mentioned earlier, I think being here on a Sunday morning is good, uh, but I also think being together through the week where the chairs face each other is good. You need a group of people like that. How many feel, how many of you feel like you do have a good, uh, some good friends in Christ that you can really share with. Okay. A lot of you, but not all of you. Thank you for being honest. Um, well, we want to help you with that. So here's where this came from. I'm not joking. Friday night, well, it was, it was Saturday morning. I woke up, and this has happened to me a few times. The Lord is talking to me when I wake up. Like he's already been talking to my spirit or something. 
I'm kind of asleep, but I'm hearing things like names and numbers in your section. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes. <laughs> uh, responsible to them, but not for them. And then I heard this. Remind them there's nothing to work for, only that which to work from. This, this, is no, this is no duty we're talking about. I'm not laying anything on you. He said, he said, in my spirit, I have paid every requirement. I've met every requirement for outer behavior. There's nothing outwardly I need you to do. Only, listen to what he said, inward gratitude and love that I've already brought you uh, near to myself. And then out of, out of that gratitude, out of that, that turned heart, would you love each other well? What is it you say all the time, Roger? Nothing to earn. What's it? Nothing to gain, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. In my instance, nothing to earn. Only that which you've already been given. So, so the outward behavior requirements, there aren't any. But is your heart new? Is your heart changed? Are you grateful? Are you full of gratitude for what he's done? Are you full of love for the brethren, uh, for your fellow brothers and sisters because of what he's done? That's what he spoke to me. Only inward gratitude, Steve, that flows from their innermost being. There's nothing to go after. I have fulfilled every outward behavior requirement. My goodness. Look at, uh, both these are on here, but let's look at the second one. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Look at this. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel, but our own lives. Because you'd become so dear to us. Look at that. That's the, that's the counterculture to the world. You've got a church that really does love each other. That we're not just imparting the gospel to people, we're giving our lives to people. We're not just meet, helping meet people's spiritual needs. We want to help meet their relational need. Does man, as a, as a creation, as a human being, does man have relational need? Yes, he does. And there's a lot of counterfeit in the world right now. So the Lord's wanting to resurrect real, heartfelt, authentic relationships that exist within the family of God, within the body of Christ. Let's don't just meet spiritual need. Let's meet relational need. God's calling us to deeper places with Him and with one another. The world devours their own. They eat and kill their wounded. We do not do that. We love each other well. And, uh, you know, this is such a powerful statement because it will, it will cost you when you lay your life down for other people. But we're not going to just give them the gospel. We're going to give our lives to them. Did I mention yet that our lives must match our message? And so <clears throat> giving his life is not just something for the creator to do. It's something he modeled for creation to do. In Hebrews 12, but for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. He, he died for all of humanity, not a few good people. He died for all of humanity, and it, and it calls it joy in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. If self-sacrificing love is joy for the Creator, I say it's joy for the creation. It really is, isn't it, Ron? When you do it out of, not out of duty, not out of obligation, there's no power in religion, none. 
But when you do it out of a grateful heart because there's nothing to earn, He has met every requirement. My life is not even mine anymore. I've scored all the points that can be scored. Let me be a blessing. Let me be out from under performance and and uh, accolades and rewards and fear and punishment and all that stuff. God had to use reward and punishment, blessing and cursing in the Old Testament. Nobody was born again. Nobody had his spirit on the inside influencing, empowering them to choose his choices. But you and I are born again. We've got the spirit of the living God on the inside of us, motivating us. We've got nothing to work for. We've only got a bunch to give away. Thank you, Lord. All right, some other thoughts. Are we are we good on the uh, names and phone numbers, though? Very clear. Got it. Loud and clear. Isn't that... I think that's exciting, though. What a beautiful picture of the body, loving the body well. What we don't want is, you know, why am I having to do that? I mean, isn't that Steve's job? He's supposed to be, like, checking on everybody, noticing who's gone. Wrong covenant. We're all priests in the new covenant. You know I'm no different than you. I've never been to seminary. Now don't get up and run out of the room. I've never been to seminary. But I met Jesus when I was 20 years old. And I remember the first time... I was on staff at a church. It was a large, charismatic church. And uh, all the staff, we were sitting up on the stage on a Wednesday night. That church was six, 700 people. So on a Wednesday night, it's two, 300 people there. We're worshiping. I'm worshiping. And uh, the Lord said, Steve. I said, yes. He said, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm 51 now. He said, do you see all those people? I said, yes. He said, they have the very same access to me as anyone on this stage has. The tragedy is they don't know it. He said, would you partner with me to infuse and communicate my life, my voice to them that they are priests in the kingdom of God, just like any paid staff person is. Now, are there gifts? Are there elders? Are there leadership gifts uh, and measures of authority within the body of Christ and Scripture? Yes, there are. But we're all priests in Him. It's not like I'm born again and filled with a different spirit than you are. It's all the same. It's one of the things I love about Annie, our family pastor. She really gets there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's not a lesser Holy Spirit that Waylon Cannon or, or a young person would have. They can hear the voice of the Lord many times, clearer, yeah, better. Uh, don't have maybe the distractions and such. Boy, that's powerful this morning. How am I doing on time? Excellent. Are we together? Are we, are we rocking and rolling together on this? Again, in all these things, it's just that same intentionality that we carry with Thanksgiving outreach or anything that we're doing uh, as a family, I love the uh, the roller rink, the, the skating night, just one anothering, just one anothering. We we don't want to just meet spiritual need; we want to meet relational need. But again, it should be easy. Uh, 
for people that come to Grace Church, if you're a new family today, our heart is it should be easy for people. Let's say they come in, they get all kinds of messages right before the message. And wow, these people love the Lord and they seem to really love and value that I'm here. Uh, I'd like to be a part of what God's doing in and through Grace Church. It should be easy for them to connect. To find a place, a house, whatever it is, where the chairs are all facing each other. Because we don't want people just to be relegated to come on Sunday morning and that's it. And that's their only connection to the body. Amen. The Lord, the Lord's preaching good this morning. All right. Final thoughts. Number one. And if you're taking notes, please take these down. Church is a spiritual family comprised of smaller spiritual families. Okay. Church is a spiritual family comprised of smaller spiritual families. Ephesians 2.19, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. Look at this. You are members of God's family. So as a born-again Christian, you're part of the the family of God. Whether you like it or not, (laughs) it is true about you. Um, listen to this. Church is not a building. It's a family of believers. God has set in common unity with each other. Being spiritual family is not something we do. It's who we are. Number two, God expects us to be part of spiritual family. So number one, church is a spiritual family. God expects us to be part of spiritual family. This is why. When you are born again, you're supernaturally placed by Christ uh, into the body of Christ, or by the Holy Spirit, excuse me, into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit places you in the body of Christ. So you can be in the body of Christ, but not be part of spiritual family, not participating with it. Uh, God doesn't expect you to be a church member, but He does expect you to be part of spiritual family. Amen. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. So let's get some good relationships <laughs> for a good quality of life because you, you become like who you hang out with. Bad company corrupts good morals. Beware of the crabs. You remember me telling you that? And the, the, the crabs on the beach in Florida, if you, if you put... Uh, one in the bucket, he's going to crawl right out. But if you put several in there, they'll actually, when they try to escape, the ones underneath them will pull them right back into the bucket. And so beware of people that are always trying to limit your ability to connect and have relationship and spiritual family within the body of Christ. Be leery of crabs. (laughs) And the quality of your life is determined by the quality of relationships. All the kids are going to go home like, well... This is what he preached about today. Be leery of crabs. Number three, God expects us to be spiritual family. Look at this passage, guys. Romans chapter 1, verse 11. For I long to visit you so that I can impart to you the faith that will help your church grow strong in the Lord. And then two, I need your help. For I want not only to share my faith with you, I want to be encouraged, strengthened by yours. Each of us a blessing to the other. There it is. Can't be said better than what the Apostle Paul said right there. 
We will, in this journey, disagree at times, but the beauty is we'll sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. But at the end of the day, God expects us to love each other well. He expects us to restore our wounded, to forgive our broken, as well as bear one another's burdens and defend one another. Now, I'm not talking about we just defend everybody's bad behavior. We defend each other in Christ, who we really are. Hmm. And then, number four, God expects us to do our part. Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, what happens? Causes growth in the body for the building up of itself in love. Everybody is a 10 in something. Everybody is gifted in something. We all have, you know, something we can contribute. So being part of community, being part of spiritual family will help you discover what your grace gift is. Let me go back to 1 Peter 4.10. I'll show you that one. Okay, here it is. Look at this. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The word manifold just means many-sided. Many sides to the grace of God. So there's many different expressions, but everybody's good at something. So take that gift and begin to impart it uh, to the body. Begin to share it with the body. Don't bury it. Don't hoard it, but begin to impart it. Be good stewards of the grace of God by giving, by sharing, by sowing what he has entrusted you with. Churches have to get to the place where we're not just offering Christ, but we're offering ourselves. Churches have to get to the place where we're not just offering Christ, we're offering ourselves to one another. We're offering our gifts to one another. Man, I'm preaching good right now. This, this, we, we need to see this. We're not just offering Christ, we're offering ourselves to one another. Our time to one another. Our gifts to one another. Our resource, our talents to one another. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Amen. I love the spilled salad example. And uh, Stephen, you guys can come. So picture with me, we're down in the fellowship hall. We're having a fellowship potluck after church. And there's a salad on the table that gets spilled, falls right off the table, makes a giant mess. The mercy person runs to comfort the one who spilled it. Right? They, they, they totally run right past the giant mess. And they run to that person. Because they're like, you know, I've been in places like this. It's okay. You know, I, I've been embarrassed or whatever. It's okay. There's mercy for you. So the mercy person runs to comfort whoever spilled the salad. The servant gift runs right past the person. And cleans up the mess. we're all thinking it (laughs) the administrative person runs in and says you know what next year we're not going to place that salad bowl so close to the edge of the table that's what happened (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't human error it's not oh what about the mess or this person's feelings it's administratively Next year, practically, logistically, 
we won't place the bowl of salad so close to the edge of the table. And then the teacher says, Don Wheeler (laughs) runs in and says, well, guess what? We can all learn from this. Here's what we're going to learn. Here's what the Lord is speaking to us through this, which is a little bit of what I'm doing this morning that I wanted you to see 1 Peter 4.10. All of you are tens in something. You've got natural grace bents. But let's get beyond just sharing Christ with people. Let's share ourselves with each other. Let's give our gifts one. You know, one of the things the Lord is working on me is, Steve, don't ever apologize for how I made you. Oh, I had to, I had to repent because sometimes I'd be like, well, Lord, I wish I was, you know, more logistical in my thinking. I always get these big picture visions and dreams. I know where we're going and I can motivate us to go, go, go. But I don't know how long we're staying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we got to pack. I, Lord, I just, he said, Steve, you need to stop saying anything negative about how I made you. And I want you to take who you are and I want you to give it to Grace Church. Give who you are to Grace Church and even beyond that to the body of Christ. When I go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or I go to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, I go to other places to minister, I go now with such confidence that the guy walking into that room was fearfully and wonderfully made by Jesus Christ himself. And I'm going to go bestow the gift. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Stand to your feet. Wow. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. Jesus had grace, the Bible says, to die for the world. What is that? Assignment grace. You have a grace on you that helps you carry out what you've been given to the body of Christ to do. So just listening to a teaching and watching the teacher build something doesn't help you near as much as getting with spiritual family afterwards and breaking it down and walking it out. Breaking it down and walking it out. I love that we're, we're here this morning, but let's begin to purpose in our hearts to get opportunity where the chairs face each other. You can even talk about, it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all, if you're together and saying, you know what, let's talk about what Brother Steve shared on Sunday. Here's what the Lord showed me. And then Brian can say, here's what the Lord showed me. And Christy says, here's what the Lord showed me. And together, we begin to pray and say, Lord, we want to walk this out. We want the Word to be flesh in us. Amen. Boy, let's give God praise this morning. Father, Father, thank you. Father, thank you for the inner witness that we have this morning in ourselves when we hear the truth. The truth is the real reality. We set our hearts and minds, Lord, to live out every word that you speak to us. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So Father, would you continue to shape us, mold us, make us as a church family, uh, a giant spiritual family that's comprised of smaller spiritual families. But would you begin to make supernatural connection? Would you remind us, Lord, on a, on a weekly basis that we are our brother's keeper? We are looking for our friends. 
we are looking for you and we are looking for the lost. Just remind us, Lord, balance. Balance in our walk with you. I thank you for all the grace gifts in this room. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit. Guys, I want you to open your hands with me. Father, I thank you for the grace gifts present and active in this room. Lord, I bind just all dormancy in the name of Jesus. Lord, they'll not be dormant, but active through humility and through great grace, Lord, that we're not just offering the gospel. We're offering our lives to one another and we're offering our lives to the community. Continue, Lord, to shift the atmosphere of this building. Continue to shift our mindset. Grace and peace, Lord, to each one. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted, amen. Come on, praise Him one more time. Thank you, Lord. So grateful. If you have questions or you have a need, meet us here at the front or maybe share it with somebody next to you. Let's go be be Jesus to our world. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.